I'm Kendra Winchester here with Samaya Nassim, and this is Reading Women, a podcast inviting you to reclaim half the bookshelf by discussing books written by or about women. And this is episode 69, where we're talking about books about the partition of India. You can find a complete transcript and all the books mentioned today linked in our show notes. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Well, Samaya, it's now the end of Reading Women Month at the end of June. Yes. So I've been loving all the bingo updates on Instagram. Yes. I I really love all of the Reading Women bingo and such creative ways to like mark their bingo boards. (laughs) Yeah, I've seen some of that. It's so cool. It's just been so cool to see everyone reading all the different types of literature written by women. And they're all, of course, inspired by our contributors and the themes we've done this year or last year. It's funny to see people like trying to make bingo and like being very creative, we'll just say. (laughs) Yeah. And in the process, like you said, reading a diverse variety of books. Yeah. So that's been pretty cool. So thanks to all of you who celebrated with us to celebrate our birthday month, which was in June. And let's head on to some news. We have some pretty cool news points. Yeah, you have like a couple of really interesting things that have happened recently. Yes. So everyone knows I love Elizabeth Acevedo. The Poe X is amazing. She wrote another book about a, a teenage chef, which I'm very excited to read. I have not yet. I know you love reading about food. Yes, it is an obsession. I just ordered three more books about food because obviously I need more books. (laughs) Anyway, so the Dominican-American slam poet Elizabeth Acevedo has become the first ever writer of color to win the UK's most prestigious children's book award, and that's the Carnegie Medal. And people who've also won it have been Arthur Ransom, C.S. Lewis, and Neil Gaiman. So I'm just assuming from those examples, it's probably more also male dominated as well. So a fact that a woman of color has won, and she's the first writer of color, period, not just first woman of color. So yeah, oh my goodness, I'm so excited for her. That's really amazing. Like congratulations to the author. And I am immediately buying a copy of this book. Yeah, and honestly, Samaya, the audiobook is phenomenal because she reads it herself, and it's a like a poetry novel. Oh, so it's like prose poetry then. Yes. I know there's a lot of like discussion of what you call it, but it's like a long-form poem in a continuous narrative. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds incredible. Yes, it is. So highly recommend that book. Uh, the other thing that we wanted to mention today was that the Library of Congress here in America announced that Joy Harjo will be the next U.S. Poet Laureate. Uh, Harjo is a member of the Muscogee Creek Nation, and she is the first Native American poet to serve as Poet Laureate. Uh, and she will begin her term on September 19th uh, and succeeding Tracy K. Smith. Wow, that's huge. That's really incredible. And I actually have not read her work yet. I I haven't either, but we do have a theme coming up later this year that I think she would be perfect for. So I'm definitely going to be picking that up ahead of that. I don't want to give any spoilers for the theme, but you know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's amazing. So those are our two big news items that we wanted to talk about uh, for this episode. So now it's time to move on to our current theme. So Samaya, you chose partition narratives for this month's theme. Uh, Why did you want to focus on uh, this theme in particular? So when I was thinking about themes for episodes, I 
immediately thought about the partition because the 1947 partition of India and Pakistan was actually the largest mass migration in human history. Did you know that? I I didn't know that until reading for this theme. I had no idea. Yeah, so it was this major event. And um, what I, I get the sense that even though this happened over 70 years ago, there are still echoes of it in our world today. So it's definitely an event that we have so much to learn from because the partition was actually the birth of a new country and it was the end of a colonial rule. But at the same time, it was massacre, it was migration, betrayal, and the beginning of a toxic culture that sort of encourages hostility between the two countries, India and Pakistan. When you picked the theme, I was very much looking forward to reading these books because I don't know very much about the partition of India. Well, I know a little more now, having read all of these books. But generally speaking, I know that it happened, but I didn't know the circumstances in which it happened. And I definitely heard most of the information about the partition of India from the perspective of the leaders. So on a very high kind of overview kind of look, I didn't really understand what it meant for the people on an everyday basis. And so that's really the focus of the books that we've chosen today, which I think has been very helpful in understanding this kind of event. So I do think that there are a lot of people who actually don't know much about the partition. So here is a brief history lesson for those who may not know. Um, In 1947, India achieved independence from a 200-year-old British rule. And it was quite an ironic independence because it divided the nation into two countries, India and Pakistan. And this was on the basis of religion. On the basis of religion, people basically lost the freedom of calling a certain place their home. Overnight, people with a shared history became either Indian or Pakistani. And these identities were practically decided for them by political leaders. And that's why stories are so important, because they position the reader in the context of characters who are going through an event rather than people who are deciding, who are making these political decisions. So during the partition, there was so much destruction of life that occurred as a result, and many families were displaced and separated, all because political leaders decided there should be separate countries for Muslims and Hindus. What's interesting is that for centuries, various religious communities were living together in peace. They were coexisting, but there was a growing animosity especially between the Hindu and Muslim communities. And this was no doubt fueled because of political agendas. So towards the end of 1947, a border was hastily drawn by a British official who had never before lived in India. And it was suddenly decided that all the people who were Muslim would have to migrate to Pakistan and Hindus from the areas now called Pakistan would have to journey south towards India. And most of them left behind everything they owned, including their ancestral homes, the land that they owned, and they could only take with them what they could carry. It's actually recorded that nearly 15 million people were displaced and forced to cross the new border. And in fact, it was around 1 million people who were killed as a result of the massacres. The border that was drawn was based on Hindu and Muslim majority districts, and that's why people had to actually, you know, move. But anyway, I will go on to the the thing about stories that you were saying. And um, I think the great thing about stories is that they do highlight the human side of things. By creating characters, 
you know, who we follow as they experience the situation they're in. And in this context, it's the the partition of India and Pakistan. And this is why I love fiction. It, it maximizes our humanity in a way. And fiction has the capacity to make us aware of pain and loss, especially in devastating contexts that can be so huge that it's difficult to imagine what it was like. So fiction gives us that picture, and it's not a pretty picture. So for this theme, I wanted to highlight stories written by women that deal with the Indian partition directly or indirectly. So some of the books that we'll be talking about are situated at the time of the partition, and uh, a few of them are like much later. One of them is in modern times. All right, Kendra, so what's the first book that you've picked for this episode? I was so I wanted something that would give me a basic introduction before we headed more into more in-depth topics about the partition. Uh, and so I actually chose a middle reader novel. Uh, it's called The Night Diary by Vera Kiranandani. And so this is actually a like a diary novel. So think like Dear America. It was a series about times in American history written from the perspective of a diary of a 12-year-old girl. So that's what this is. It's just about partition of India. And so it's set in, starts in July, 1947, about a month before the partition. Um, So Nisha is a young girl writing a diary to her mom who has passed away. And her mom is a, was a Muslim woman and her dad is Hindu. So she grew up Hindu, but they live in what is now called Pakistan. And so during that partition, they were one of the many, many, many families that had to migrate over to India. And so this is her story of that experience. And it just made it real. Like I felt like I was reading a story about this real girl that had to travel. And it's actually based on the author's family experience and some of the stories that she heard from older members of her family. So it was just a beautiful book. And I think a great introduction for children, but also adults who want to learn about the partition. Yeah, I'm so glad that you enjoyed that book. It was actually the second time that I was reading it for this episode. I don't usually reread books, but with this one, it was like an even more powerful experience reading it again because I knew what was going to happen next. So Nisha's story is already real when you read it, you know, like it's so realistic and it's so well written, but reading it again kind of was an it was an amazing experience. Like I would highly recommend this book as well to anyone who's looking for a starting point. And so since it's such a great starting point, we've picked this as one of our discussion books. So we'll be talking about it in our next episode. I, like we said, it's a great way to start your reading and understanding of the partition and what happened. And so that way we can delve a little more into it and what it was like. And I just felt like this is just a very important event in history, and I find it difficult to share really difficult topics with children. And so we're going to talk a little bit about how this is a great way to introduce kids to a very difficult like conversation. And you can talk about it with your kid or your niece or nephew or the child in your life um, as well. And I just absolutely loved it. If I had been you know, 12 and had this book, I think it would have been so important for me to read. Yeah, it's definitely a book that I think children should read because the way that it talks about uh, community and the, the idea of, you know, having a home taken away from you and then having to rebuild a home, it's there's so much hope in this novel. There's destruction, but there's also a lot of hope and it's it's packaged really well. I think it's it's done really well. Uh, so that is The Night Diary by Vera Hiranandani. And uh, Samaya, you have the second pick. 
Yeah, so uh, the second pick for this episode is actually my first pick. And um, the book that I've selected is Ice Candy Man by Babsi Sadwa. And this is actually considered to be the Pakistani perspective of the partition. Sidwa is an internationally recognized author from Pakistan, and I think she lives in Texas now. Ice Candy Man is usually found on lists of must-read partition novels, and that's actually how I found out about it. Uh, this book was first published by Penguin in 1988. It's been a while, so there are several editions of this book. But I wanted to point out that this book is actually known as Cracking India in America. So if you're in the U.S. and you're looking for this book, uh, it was republished by Milkweed Editions. So that's the name you should look for, Cracking India or Ice Candy Man. So Ice Candy Man is basically a female visualization of the partition. So it's it has a very feminine lens and it portrays what women went through during the partition. It does this by presenting the story from the perspective of Lenny Sethi. So this book also has a child narrator, uh, similar to The Night Diary. Uh, Lenny is is a little girl when the novel begins and she's eight years old uh, just before and this is just before the events of the partition so I think it's set around 1946 that's when the story begins um, Lenny lives a happy and privileged life in Lahore though she suffers from polio Lenny's perspective of the partition really intrigued me especially because she does not actually belong to the Hindu or Muslim community she's actually Parsi so she is a Zoroastrian uh, her narrative can be considered sort of objective in that sense but the book does have like characters from other religions and she is a child so you also have the simpler worldview that children have that records everything that they see rather than being selective about how they tell a story here's a fun fact i actually learned quite a bit about the zoroastrian faith from this book and i'm a bit ashamed to admit i had very little idea about their community in south asia before reading this novel so the way that the book basically proceeds is because of polio Lenny doesn't go to a regular school and she doesn't spend much time with kids her own age so she's really a fixture in the lives of the people in our community like she is more a part of the adult world and as a result she's really conscious of what's happening uh, so that makes Lenny a great lens for viewing the tension that's slowly building in the country because she's a child and at the same time she has access to what the adults are talking about and one important person in Lenny's life is Aya, the Hindu nanny who takes care of her. It sounds like a fabulous book and from a kid who has a chronic illness or and or disability is such a rare book and that it's one about the partition and it features a character like this just sounds just just fabulous. Like I actually while you were talking went and just bought a copy. So <laughs> It's flying to my Kindle right now. So. Wow. Good job, Kendra. Like, you are honestly a hero. Like, everyone needs to understand what just happened. She listened to me talking about this book and bought it immediately. That's how it works. No more book buying bans. Well, it just means you're a great salesperson, uh, obviously. So I've been looking a lot for themes coming up about uh, people with chronic illnesses or people who have disabilities. And the fact that you have a kid like that about this is just incredibly important because it's also another perspective as well that we don't often get to see. On on top of Lenny's character being so incredible, the life around her, you know, it, there are actually a lot of moments of comedy in this book. And um, there's this 
this very robust sort of community around her that captures the increasing hostility between the groups. And what I mean is that one thing that Sudwa does in this book is that she actually shows the increasing hostility by including the, the jokes that are being passed around and sh- portrays how these jokes are actually increasing in communal nature. So the hatred and the bias is actually translating into the way that people make fun of each other. So I picked this novel because I think it's a great starting point for understanding how the trauma of the partition affected women and children, because it does portray uh, how violence gives birth to more violence, especially how that violence is directed towards women. So it does have some trigger warnings and they come later in the book. So that was Ice Candy Man by Babsi Sadwa, which you can also find as Cracking India. So Kendra, what's the second book that you've picked? So I chose An Unrestored Woman by Shobha Rao, and this is out from Flatiron Books. A lot of people will know this author for her debut novel, Girls Burn Brighter, but this is actually her short story collection. And uh, just a heads up for content warning, the discussion that I'm about to have and in the book is about violence towards women. So if that's something you want to be aware of, uh, just FYI. Uh, But this is a collection all about Um, women during and after the partition. And these are actually loosely connected short stories. So it was really interesting to read the next story and see like it harken back to a character that already appeared in the book, which was very interesting because she also illustrates how what happened to one character loosely then affected a lot of the other characters and the trajectory of their lives. So that was really cool. It was like a scavenger hunt almost. It was very interesting to me how you have like a very, very minor character in a story and then you realize that the next story is all about them and it kind of expands the idea of the world, you know, in a way how every single person has a reality that is intense and how, you know, you you might think that your life has all of these things going on, but a person who has a very minor role in your life might have something huge happening to them as well that you don't know about. Definitely. And I also appreciated how there were people of all different backgrounds, of different religions, different uh, ethnicities. There were people who had chronic illnesses or disabilities. There were queer characters in this book. And so it just illustrated just the broad scope of the people that were affected by the partition. And it also illustrated how that kind of came down through the generations as well a little bit. I mean, she just did so much in such a short amount of space. Uh, So a short story called Kapita and Mustafa uh, was chosen as one of America's best short stories in 2015. And I would say that is one of my favorite stories in the collection. And one of the big themes for this book is actually the Recovery and the Restoration Act. So the Recovery and Restoration Act, it was actually an effort by political leaders to get back all the women who had been abducted. So the full title of that act actually is Abducted Persons Recovery and Restoration Act. So what actually happened during the time of the partition is that violence against women was actually how people lashed out towards uh, towards other communities. I think it's because in patriarchal societies, women's bodies are seen as objects that hold 
the honor of a family or a man or even the community that she comes from. So women carry the burden of honor. And if you want to cause harm to a community, you cause harm to the female body. And it's unfortunate, but it is this brutality that actually resulted in the rape, kidnap, and forced marriage of over 100,000 women to the extent that, you know, this act was then established a couple of years after the partition to get back these women who had been taken. Yeah, and I feel like because that is the topic and kind of like the the spring point for this collection of short stories, a lot of the short stories are just really difficult to read uh, just because of the violence that occurs to women in them or just the hopelessness and bleak nature of the short stories. It really doesn't pull any punches in regards to how horrible it was for women during this particular time period. And I did find that very difficult. I had to take a moment typically after each story just to check my headspace and different things just because it is a very difficult topic. I think Mm -hmm. it's a very important topic that we do need to read about and understand. But at the same time, it's just a lot. And I think that's the point is that so much happened to women during this time. And we just need to remember that and be aware that this happened, hopefully so that history does not repeat itself. I I completely agree with you. It was emotionally overwhelming to read this book, but at the same time, it's essential and it's an essential book to read. And it's, it's, it's an important view of the partition. I mean, you could spend hours and hours talking about the policies. You could spend hours talking about uh, this country and that country. But at the end of the day, you have to understand that, you know, women and children, but women specifically went through so much horror because of policies that were made. So I think it's important to read such stories so that we can be more conscious, you know, especially political leaders can be more conscious when they're making, you know, when they're making decisions that affect people who are vulnerable in the society. So that was An Unrestored Woman by Shobha Rao, and that was out from Flatiron Books. And we'll be back to talk more about books featuring partition narratives after a word from our sponsor. This episode of Reading Women is sponsored by Care-of. Care-of is a subscription service that delivers vitamins and supplements customized for your specific health needs. You take a short quiz and answer questions about your diet, lifestyle, fitness, and health goals. And Care-of puts together a personalized plan just for you. So summer is here and a lot of us want to get back to a healthy routine so we can make health and wellness a priority again and care of makes it easy for you to upgrade your health routine. You can give yourself support this season with a boost, whether you're looking for energy, better sleep, to lower stress or something else to help you feel your healthiest. Care-of has this online quiz and you answer easy questions like how much sleep you're getting, are you looking for more energy, do you need something to help you with weight management or healthy skin, hair, and nails. It gets really personalized, so you're taking the vitamins that are perfect just for you. And Care-of makes it really easy and convenient. It can be really hard to know what vitamins and supplements you should be taking or what you need to be your healthiest, but Care-of makes it so easy to know those things. And it's delivered straight to your door in daily vitamin packs that are really cute and have your name on them and a little quote on them. So you just pull a packet out and take what you need for the day. And care of make sure that what you're putting into your body comes from the, the best sources. And they're transparent about where those sources are, which you can find on their website. Also, they recently switched to vitamin packets that 
are made from compostable plant-based film so that way your vitamins can stay fresh and also it helps the environment. So Care Of is offering Reading Women listeners a discount. So for 25% off your first order of Care Of, go to takecareof.com and enter the code readingwomen. That's go to takecareof.com and enter the code readingwomen and you'll receive 25% off your first order. And thanks so much to Care Of for sponsoring this episode of Reading Women. And Samaya, you have our second discussion pick. Yeah, so I have selected The Far Field by Madhuri Vijay. This book was published by Grub Atlantic in the US, and it is available in the ebook and audiobook formats as well. I actually loved every single minute of reading this book, and, and this is written in the form of a confessional, sort of. The protagonist is Shalini, a 30-year-old Indian woman who is looking back at two distinct time periods in her life. So the first time period is when she is quite little and she becomes an observer and witness of an intense yet mysterious friendship between her mother and a Kashmiri salesman called Bashir Ahmed. As the years go by, these episodes from that time in her life reveal a complicated mother-daughter relationship and also serve as a window to the mystery that Shalini builds in her mind about Bashir Ahmed and his friendship with her mother. The second time period that the novel looks at is the central narrative in the story. And in this narrative, Shalini is in her early 20s when she loses her mother. And the subsequent months are sort of a fugue state during which time she feels quite lost and lacks a sense of purpose in life. So she decides to travel to Kashmir. And this is where most of the novel takes place. And the way that this book fits the theme uh, of partition narratives is in its portrayal of the conflict that's happening in Kashmir, which is a direct result of the hastily drawn borders between India and Pakistan. So Kashmir, in a way, is a repercussion of the partition. And I like that this book is set during modern times. So we get to understand how the partition impacted is impacting life even today. Yeah. And I think that a lot of times we think that the partition was just so long ago, it was like 70 years ago, and that, oh, everything is settled down now. But really, we still have all of these conflicts. And I think that this book really looked at Kashmir in a way that I had never read before. I mean, the writing is beautiful, first off. Yeah. But it's also thematically well-drawn as well, which is just a joy to read in that way. It's a lot of very difficult book in a lot of ways, but it's just a very beautiful read. And even though it's over 400 pages, it was a page turner. It was definitely a page turner. And at the same time, it was like sort of an experience in itself, you know, like the way that this story just captures the reader and slowly takes you through through all of that journey that Shalini is on and you can't rush through it you really can't the prose demands the time and attention that it deserves and it won't let you read any faster and I don't know how else to describe that and I absolutely cannot wait to discuss it in our next episode for the discussion episode so that was The Far Field by Madhuri Vijay, published by Grove Atlantic in the U.S. And so now it's time for our guest spot. Today's guest is Bira Iranandani, the author of The Night Diary. Yeah, so when we thought of people who would be perfect to recommend books around the partition of India, uh, we realized that it was a very specific 
a recommendation that we were looking for. And so we thought, who better to recommend books on this topic than the author of one of our discussion books? Uh, so without further ado, here is Viri Hiranandani. I am Viri Hiranandani, and I've re- written several novels for young people. The, my first middle grade novel was The Whole Story of Half a Girl, and I wrote a chapter book series called PBG Green, and most recently, the Newbery Honor winning The Night Diary, um, which is why I'm here today. The first book that I've chosen today is called Chachaji's Cup, and it's actually a picture book, and it's by Uma Krishnaswamy, and it's illustrated by Sumya Siddharaman. And um, I hope I'm saying her name right. I know Uma digitally. It's a really beautiful book about a great uncle that has been through the partition. And it's just such a simple rendering about this history. And it's interesting to see it in picture book form. So the book is about a boy whose great uncle has this lovely tea routine, afternoon tea routine with the boy and his friend. And they have cucumber sandwiches and little biscuits, he calls chachaji. And he tells them stories and he always wants to use the same cup. And eventually it's revealed that the teacup is from his mother who had to leave during the partition and walk for miles and miles. And he tell and he was a child. And the mother says at one point, you know, why did she want to, she's asked why she wanted to bring a, something as delicate as a teacup when they left so many other things behind um, in their journey. And she says, well, you know, if the teacup doesn't break, then I know I won't break. I'm not quoting that exactly. Um, but it had that symbolic meaning for her. And so he keeps it. And eventually, I'm going to spoil the book a little bit here, but the boy breaks the teacup by accident. And he's devastated. And he thinks about everything his great uncle has gone through and his great grandmother. And, you know, his great uncle forgives him. And then he ends up gluing it back together. And they sort of keep it as a keepsake, even though Chachaji can't have tea in it anymore. And it's also about the passage of time because he gets older. They both get older during the book. So their tea ceremony is sort of where their tea time uh, changes and the boy is interested in other things. So it has that aspect to it too, but it really just gives a simple explanation of what he had to go through and why the teacup is important to him. You know, it's always just been in my, on my radar as far as one of the very few children's books about the partition. And, you know, I struggled with how do I write in the night diary? How do I write about, this really painful historical period in a way that children can understand and sort of appropriate for them at the same time, not hiding the history or changing the history, but at the same time, you know, making it appropriate. And I'm sure Uma also had to figure that out, especially writing for even younger kids. And just that, that simple kind of individual expression of what it felt like just to be an ordinary person going through this extraordinary time and sort of his small story that is part of such a large piece of history and really just the kind of psychological and emotional aspect of that and looking at people who went through this as individuals. And so she sort of simplifies it 
in a way that I think children can really understand. And at the same time, it has a gravity to it. And you understand that this was a difficult, painful time. And you get sort of the basics of the history. That is a struggle when you're writing something fictional and you want to kind of have that emotional aspect for the book and that sort of unique character expressing what they went through that's not the same as everybody else, and yet it's part of the same history. I would recommend it to anybody who has an interest in fictionalized stories about the partition, anybody who wants, you know, children's books. I think there was recently some Jeopardy contestant who said he learned about everything he knows from children's books. So I think it's actually for anybody, just a great basic rundown of what it might've been like for one person, for both kids and adults, but certainly for, for any child. And then for adults, adults who specifically want to learn a little bit more about this history and just kind of dip their toe in. And then it just stands alone as a, a lovely story about generations, family, and all of that. So really everyone, but it is, of course, intended for children from maybe age three or four on to be read to. It's Chacha Ji's Cup, and it's written by Uma Krishna Swami, and it's illustrated beautifully by um, Sumya Siddharaman. So my second pick is very different. Um, it was like my Bible during my own writing of The Night Diary. It's a thick um, nonfiction historical account of the partition. It's called The Great Partition, The Making of India and Pakistan by Yasmin Khan. And uh, it was recommended to me by my father. And then I've seen it recommended a million times by people who want to study this piece of history. And I think after dipping my, well, opening and reading many books like this, nonfiction historical accounts, I kept going back to this one because, first of all, she's a woman and she was born, I think, in London, but she, I think, has, she lived in Delhi, but I think she might have, has roots in Pakistan and has sort of connected to being a Muslim. And having that perspective just was good for me because I had grown up hearing the Hindu perspective. So, she also is really taking it with sort of a journalistic approach and trying to be as objective as possible. Um, and also not, there are not many female authors writing nonfiction historical accounts about the partition. So I really wanted to make sure that the person that I was kind of referring to was, um, didn't necessarily have to be a woman, but I love that she is, but somebody who is with has a South Asian background because there are a lot of books by authors that don't. But it's a different it's a different feeling when you have that familial connection. I know certainly from reading writing the Night Diary, um, I don't think I would have written this book if I hadn't grown up with a father who had to go through the partition and grew up hearing these stories because I may have felt like I don't know if this is I'm connected to enough to the story to be able to render it as um, specifically and as emotionally as I wanted to. Um, but this, she just does a great job, I think, breaking down all of the pieces that went into the creation of this unexpected crisis and really just looks at the leaders at the time, the Viceroy, Mountbatten, and Jinnah, who is the leader of the Muslim League, and Nehru, 
who's the leader of the Indian National Congress and Gandhi's role. And it, it's truly one of the most objective accounts that I read. So it was just really helpful to understand it, even though a lot of it I, I didn't really use in my book specifically, other than just the knowledge of how things went and the timing of everything and who was involved, even though I I wanted to tell a much more personal, fictionalized story. So it just gave me a, a really good foundation to this history in a very objective way. Well, I think what's special about this book in particular is, is its objectivity, because I think if you're going to be writing a fictional account, you know, you're going to be very subjective, right? Because it's going to be really dominated by the lens of the character that you've created to tell the story based on what you know. And if based on what you know is really subjective and and maybe too sort of geared to kind of one point of view or another, I, I just felt like my job with this book was to tell the most diplomatic story I could tell, because that was the main question I had growing up. Like, okay, so I hear, I heard the Hindu perspective. I heard some of the bias that's included in that. And then I talked to people and listened to stories from many different perspectives, from the Hindu perspective, the Sikh perspective, the Muslim perspective um, of different families, different friends, different just collections of stories And one thing that I found was that so many experiences were so similar and so many people had that question, why were we living together somewhat peacefully? I mean, nothing's perfect and and different groups do have problems, but mostly peacefully, certainly in the area my father grew up in was now Pakistan. And it just all broke apart so quickly after these lines were drawn. And how did that happen? So I just felt really grateful that I could read her book to just see step by step how things unraveled and how this sort of fear and anxiety of just the ordinary person trying to live their life, why that that became so great and how little was known of how this was all happening. And it was, just happened so quickly. And, and I, I really feel like it shows how people got the sort of rug ripped out from under them and were just spinning in just the unknown. And that can cause a lot of fear and anger and anxiety. And it just really laid that out. So I needed to bring that to the story I was writing. Um, and so I think it's, it's objectivity of the British, you know, we're doing this and not, she's not really making a case for anybody. She's just saying in the best way she can, she's still a person. She still has her opinions, but in the best way that I found that she really just laid it out step by step why this unraveled the way it did. The Great Partition, The Making of India and Pakistan by Yasmin Khan. I think that it's it's really a great reference. Because, you know, I'm in the generation that I'm in, um, and people who lived through this time, my father's in his 80s, and people who remember it even more clearly are in their 90s or not living anymore. I think the more that we can, as sort of being that next generation to try to preserve what happened in whatever way we can, um, whether it's through a podcast or a book um, or a museum. I think that we don't want to lose the meaning of this history because it's sort of the only way we can honor what, how people suffered and learn from it. You know, that's sort of why I, what motivated me to write The Night Diary, other than wanting to just write a, a good, meaningful story. But yeah, so I hope that more and more people tell more and more stories about this time. 
So many thanks to Vera for recommending those titles. And Samaya, what are you reading right now? So I'm currently reading To Keep the Sun Alive by Rabia Ghaffari. So the book is set in 1979 in Iran, and this is the time when the Islamic Revolution was impacting the political landscape of the country. And basically, the story looks at a family that is experiencing the revolution and how that changes their life. I've been very much looking forward to it since it arrived at my house. So how are you liking it so far? It's actually amazing. Like I am so captivated by the writing style. There's descriptions of Persian food, so you should really start reading it really soon. It's amazing. Love it so much. I, I love reading about food and books in general, So, but I'm not as dedicated to it as you are. So you should definitely, definitely read this book. You mean you're not abnormally obsessed? <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I just think that, you know, you have an appreciation for... Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for your delicate uh, way of putting that. So what are you reading at the moment? So I am reading Ask Me About My Uterus by Abby Norman, and this is out from First Nation Books here in the U.S. And this is about her experience with endometriosis. And she also looks at the history of kind of like gynecology and looking at how people, the medical community has treated endometriosis and how people haven't believed women. And since I also have endometriosis and polycystic ovarian syndrome, I've been like preparing myself to read this book, like emotionally and mentally, because I'm just going to be reading my own story, essentially, of my experience with this kind of disease. So just started the introduction, we're just like t dipping my toes in a little bit. But I think it's supposed to be a really amazing look at it and since not a lot of people really read about this topic because like female health is so taboo and talking about your uterus and what it's doing or not doing but yeah I, I think it's gonna be a very important book so I am optimistic. I'm actually definitely adding that to my list because it sounds like a, you know essential reading like it sounds like the kind of book that is going to open our eyes about the way that women's bodies are generally neglected in the medical community. Well, that's our show. We'd like to thank Care Of for sponsoring this episode of Reading Women. If you haven't yet, please leave us a review in your podcast app of choice. And thanks to all of you who have already done that. Many thanks to our patrons whose support makes this podcast possible. A special thanks to our patron of the day, Francesca Guiducci. And of course, also many thanks to her for Child Batu. Uh, we really appreciate your support. To subscribe to our newsletter or to learn more about becoming one of our patrons, visit us at readingwinpodcast.com. Be sure to join us next time for our discussion about The Night Diary by Veera Hiranandani and The Far Field by Madhuri Vijay. In the meantime, you can find Reading Women on Instagram and Twitter at The Reading Women. You can find Kendra at Katie Winchester and me at sumaya.books. Thanks for listening to Reading Women.